I thought yeah. even though Twister was, I guess, kind of like the mouthpiece for Montana, I thought he was aggressive <laughs> for no reason. I just, I didn't. <laughs> Jasmine. Sorry. And this is where we lost Jasmine. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of In Hindsight. We're your hosts, Andrea, Brittany, and Jasmine. We review movies and TV shows from our childhood to see if they still hold up, because sometimes things aren't quite the way you remember them. In this week's episode, we are reviewing Horse Sense, a Disney Channel original movie that premiered on November 20th, 1999. This decom was directed by Greg Beeman, written by Chad and Carrie Hayes, and stars brothers Joey and Andrew Lawrence as Michael Woods and Tommy Biggs. Not that Mr. Biggs that we all may know, but Tommy Biggs. And I did not realize that was his last name this entire film. So before we get started, just a bit of pop culture uh, notes and uh, background of the cast. So the director here, we know him from Under Wraps, Brink and A Ring of Endless Light. So, of course, Brink is going to come up later. So that makes a lot of sense now. Uh, Chad and Carrie Hayes, the writers, they're known for the Conjuring film series. So I don't know how they got from Horse Sense to the Conjuring, but I'm sure their journey is very interesting. Um, and the Lawrence Brothers. I mean, what the what are the 90s without the Lawrence Brothers? So, And we actually did have all three of them here, and we'll get to that. But Joey stars, and this is Michael. And, of course, Joey and Andrew were on Brotherly Love, which I love that show. I had to go back and listen to the theme song. Uh, Blossom, he was Oliver and Oliver and Company, which I did not know at all. Um, he was in a Goofy movie as Chad, uh, Half and Half. And then he has Melissa and Joey, I think is his most recent show. And he co-produced this movie. Um, and then Andrew Lawrence was also on Blossom, of course, Brotherly Love. He played TJ on Recess, which I did not know either. And we'll see him again in the other me in one of the later seasons. Um, apparently, there's a sequel to this movie called Jumping Ship. I didn't realize those two movies were connected. I thought they were just, you know, together for another thing. But we'll definitely have to get to that one because I've heard a lot of wild things about that movie. I don't remember it at all. Um, let's see. The aunt, she's on The Flash now. The guy who played Twister was in Django Unchained and entangled <laughs> it's so interesting to uh know these folks backgrounds and stories because i'm like you came a long way from a decom uh the father michael's dad we all know is calabar from halloween town so that okay. was interesting did you because all these people i'm like every single one of y'all looks real familiar mm-hmm. i'm not gonna look you up but i know i've seen you somewhere yes this is making a lot of sense imdb Great invention. Thank you to whoever put that together. Uh, Steve, Re- a couple more. Steve Revis, who played Mule, who I wish had more to do with the actual plot of the story. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 2017, but he was in Dances with Wolves, Fargo, and The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that got in there. And then lastly, but not least, uh, who I wanted to see more of is Arlene, the housekeeper. Uh, she was in Do Where's My Car? We're going to see her in Miracle Lane 2, but she also voiced Mulan's mother in Mulan and Mulan 2. I was like, 
I know this voice. So shout out to her. So before we get into the film itself, any other thoughts, comments on the cast? There was that one guy, that one guy who was the dad in that other movie. I know I sound real vague right now. <laughs> he, he took a phone. He was the guy in the bank. He was oh, the guy yeah. Steve Stevens. Yeah. He was a brink, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, Andrew Lawrence did do a show with Christy Cross and Romano. I feel like we just might as well link all the videos to everything. Uh, but he did uh, a video with her. He didn't talk about horse sense. He just talked about his brothers and all the things he was doing. But we'll link that in the show notes for those of you that are interested. All right. So without further ado, let's learn some horse sense or get some horse sense. I don't know what the proper term is. So the movie opens on a ranch in Montana where someone is making breakfast and listening to the farm report on the radio. 11-year-old Tommy is working on a whistle he made for his cousin Michael, whom he has not seen since a family reunion several years earlier. We then change scenery and see his 20-year-old cousin, Michael, and I just want to emphasize this man is 20 years old as we go through this movie, uh, waking up at 12.15 p.m. in his parents' mansion in Beverly Hills. He realizes that he forgot his cousin was coming that day, which is going to interfere with his date with Gina and meeting her famous and influential father. After class, Michael picks up Tommy from the airport, airport excuse me, and shows him around the house. But instead of spending time with him, he leaves to go give Gina a gift for their two-week anniversary. Michael comes back the next morning, but pretty much leaves Tommy to entertain himself while he runs a few errands and says that he'll return soon. Exactly, air quotes. On Tommy's last day, Michael promises to take him to Disneyland, but instead takes a detour to meet with Gina and her dad and drops Tommy off at Kitty's Zone. A terrible, horrifying place. In a rush to pick up Tommy, Michael hits a woman's car and lies about having a family emergency. He finds Tommy at home since Arlene, the housekeeper, picked him up. And Tommy tells Michael he no longer trusts him and can't wait to get back to Montana. After Tommy leaves, Michael's parents actually question him about what happened during Tommy's visit. And the police show up at the house since Michael gave the woman incorrect license and insurance information. Michael's parents chastise him for lying and shirking his responsibilities and threaten to cancel his European study tour at the end of the summer. Michael's dad says that as punishment, he is going to the ranch for a month to give his aunt Jules a hand for free. And if he receives one negative report about Michael's behavior, the summer trip is off. Okay, so what are y'all's thoughts on this opening sequence, the contrast between Michael and Tommy's characters and lifestyles? How would you have felt about this visit if you were Tommy? And how irritated were you with Michael at this point? I mean, I started the movie off irritated with with Michael. That dumb alarm clock. It's 12.15. Get up. <laughs> so, I was like, okay. <laughs> and also, it was giving strong Hallmark movie vibes. You know, the yeah. juxtaposition between the, the country and the, and the city and, and all that stuff. And I feel like it never lost it throughout the movie. The Hallmark movie vibes. I felt, so Jordan is, my little cousin is like that age, like 10 or 11. And I just felt in my soul, this little boy's pain. <laughs> he, he kept leaving him there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so it was, I, I really had nothing. There's no, no redemption for, for Michael. I, I had nothing for him. Okay. So by the car accident scene, I actually had paused the movie because I said, how much more is left? And it was only 15 minutes in. And I said, I have an hour and 15 left because I was already tired of Michael. And it felt, the beating felt so long. I, I felt so bad for um, 
Tommy, because I know what it's like if you go, you want to spend time with somebody and then they're gone. And then the whole time you're there to spend time with them, then they're like busy. And I just felt so bad for this kid. I, yeah, I just, I feel like, first, yeah, first of all, and he's supposed to be 20. At first, I didn't know how old he was supposed to be. And he like acts like he's older, but then he also acts like a child. And I just didn't like his character at all. And that didn't change for the entire movie. <laughs> it didn't change not one bit. I just want justice for Tommy. I was also, I didn't like the fact that they had a maid. I, or maybe I would have preferred if the maid was white. I don't know. It was just something about them having. Yeah, it, it was uncomfortable having a, a maid of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. it bothered me. And, but I did notice there was a black teacher. And also I had to say, what class was he taking where they're learning about land trusts and mergers? <laughs> Because, like, what, what is this? I don't understand. I feel like you would learn about that stuff in, in business school, right? Some kind of business program. I don't even know. You should, but I'm just trying to figure out how he even made it there. Getting a D on every test. Like, come okay. on. Okay. Privilege. Like, they clearly, did they find out about his grades yet? Because that alone should have been enough for him to not go on this trip. Um, I could not stand this this Gina. Uh, I thought she at first when he picked my uh, when Michael picked Tommy up, I thought that he had made up Gina as a story. Oh no no, it was when he said it to his mom. That's when I thought it was fake. I thought she was fake, and then I realized she's actual. She was an actual person. I mean, she was a plot device. She might as well. They could have kept Gina. Um, I guess they needed someone to make Michael not so bad, but it didn't work. <laughs> It was terrible. I mean, y'all really said it all. I, you know, I've never had a cousin, a younger cousin, you know, come stay. But I'm like, you know, I would be excited planning, trying to give them the time of their life. Like, I just could not believe how, well, he's in L.A., but how self-absorbed he truly was. And he it's like he just lacked self-awareness. And I just don't understand. You know, they had Arlene essentially taking care of this child, which I was like, okay, the parents aren't even there. And I get they had a thing to go to, but I would at least be checking in like every day. Like, hey, how are you doing? What are you guys doing? Something. It's like they went to Palm Springs and said, whatever, take care of your little cousin. And the fact that it's the mom's sister, I was like, okay, I don't know. Yeah, That's when I re- realized too, it was the mom's sister. I don't know why it felt like their relationship must have been distant mm-hmm. because the mom said, oh, I miss her. But it almost sounded like they didn't talk or they weren't close because it, it, it was just a weird dynamic I got from the aunt and the... Maybe they don't see each other very often because of their lifestyle, I guess. But, mm. Well, so Michael's parents not checking in, I didn't think it was super weird because he was 20. Like, if I was 20 and I was babysitting, my parents wouldn't be checking in, but the kids' parents would be checking in. So why right. Tommy's mom wasn't calling every day what was strange there's no way he should have gotten away with it for that long two days max there's no way that whole trip he was neglectful and he should and he got away with that exactly but also to your point like they i appreciate them you know chastising him later on essentially like he was a kid um because you know usually people are just like okay but they were talking like they're like, we didn't raise you like this and all this. I'm like, are y'all really confused as to how we got here? Like, clearly, 
y'all have okay. been hand, hands off okay. in some sort of way. You still are. And so you're wondering why you've raised this child. Like, I think you need to look at what y'all have been doing. Like, it seemed like Arlene probably raised him, to be honest. So I don't know. I was just like, you all played a part in this. So they should have known their son well enough to know, <laughs> I feel like, that he probably wasn't really. I mean, yeah, you should be able to trust a 20-year-old. But when is Michael? Mm. I don't know. Right. He didn't he didn't turn into that overnight, right? <laughs> that was developed over years. Like as soon as I saw that sweater tied around his neck, like Freddie from Scooby Doo, I said, you know, I'm not gonna like him. I'm sorry. I just, well no, no, Fred had an ascot. Sorry, everybody. But yeah. <laughs> I wanna make sure I'm right, you know, for the Scooby Doo fans. But I, I, just, like, I was I was thinking about it too. I was like, I didn't hate Fred. <laughs> No, Fred was just daft. It, he didn't, you know, he wasn't a bad person. I, have, I can't think who I'm thinking of. Was it Scream? I don't know. Some movie where the guy, the main guy wears a sweater around his neck. But anyway, um, I was trying to that's understand this. thing, though. The sweater around the neck, that's a real life thing. Like, there are people who exist out there in the world who do that on purpose. I don't understand. Um, but, you know, I don't live that type of lifestyle. But... I was trying to understand the whole thing with Gina, like what the point of meeting her dad was. Like, I thought he was trying to make his big break as an actor or something or get a job, but they didn't make that clear. So I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Did y'all understand what the big deal was? I think that they initially wanted it to be he's supposed to get his big break. And then I think they forgot after that scene, because I also forgot until you said it in the summary. And every other meeting, it, it seemed like it was more about the trip to Europe. I didn't know there was a big break. I didn't know he was trying to be an actor. I just thought he was just trying to live the life of of a movie star. Oh, maybe that was it. I don't know. I, maybe I just made a, you know, I just inferred that based on other movies. Because I was like, who cares? Like, you've been dating her for two weeks. And it seemed like he had always had a string of girlfriends. So I was like, why? I guess because the dad's rich. Okay. But there has to be a reason. But it's a decom, So whatever. Um <laughs> The only thing I agree with, I was about to say Joey, Michael on was not wanting to go to Disneyland on a Saturday. And I said, okay, I'm with you there. Go on Monday. <laughs> he obliterated that when he took him to that kid play zone, obliterated oh, it. My gosh. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Have y'all, I used to, the older I got on those things, especially at Chuck E. Cheese, I would get so much anxiety going through them little tunnels. Like when, when they had the camera warping, I said, ooh, I know that resonates with me because I used to have I don't mind the tunnels. I just couldn't stand the kids running around. Kids are gross. You can't couldn't touch the things that they were touching. It was it was just oh, this was making me much. think of Odyssey Fun World. Oh yeah. Now that I liked Odyssey Fun yes. World. <laughs> yes. Odyssey Fun World Discovery Zone. That was the jam. But yeah, no, that kitty zone. I was like, Michael, the the kids in here are under five. Why are you leaving this eleven year old in here? Just rude. I would have gone. And he home went too. for a whole race, like horse race. Like he's like, oh, it's gonna be five minutes. He forgot that kid to the point where he just left. Like they didn't even care. They gave the kid to some stranger. The the people at the uh the kitty palace, but. I'm just thinking I would have been so disappointed if I really wanted to go to Disneyland mm-hmm. and you didn't even hang out with me. And then this is where you took me. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have let me take take me in there. I was like, okay, just take me back. Take me back to the house. I don't need to go here. <laughs> take me back to the house. Just drop me off on the curb at that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, 
Yeah, and and like not only that, like you know, you have an older cousin that you look up to or that you've you know mm-hmm. admired from afar and haven't seen for a long time. You're like, oh, they're the coolest, and then you get up close. You this see this is why you should never meet your idols because they it's just not <laughs> it's not what you think. So that that was disappointing. And the fact that he couldn't even he tried to give him that dang whistle three oh, four times. Yeah, I felt so sad every time he was trying to say Michael I. Michael, I and then oh, poor kid. Mm. I should just throw the phone out the kid. window. I feel like Michael going to on Jules' farm is more of a punishment for Tommy because Tommy <laughs> does not want him there. So I'm just like, well, why is this the solution? Because he does not want to see you, and now he's going to be stuck seeing you for a month. I just feel like it's more work for them. They were like, here, we're going to solve this problem of you. I think everybody underestimated his incompetence. Yes. So they're like, hey, you went to college, but it it don't matter. It didn't matter. So he might yeah. as well went to school in Wisconsin. Where old boy was it? <laughs> yeah. Ingenious, because <laughs> I, I don't know. Then they didn't drop a name, so I don't know what kind of school they were going to. But oh dear, um, Brittany, you brought up Arlene earlier. Yeah, I I was trying to think. I was like, are we going to get Asian lead in any? of these decoms at any point because yeah I, I that made me uncomfortable as well like the only people of color were working for the white people in the movie and I was like oh, okay and we did have the one black lady but um there's a lot of opportunity here and then of course she had to be the one that to take care of Michael right like she's the one ended up doing all the work um, I did like when Tommy made Arlene breakfast. I thought that was nice. You know, someone actually cared <laughs> about her and did something nice for her. And even later on, when Michael said thank you to her, she was like, what? I'm like, see, I couldn't have a thankless <laughs> job. Mm-hmm. Not, not for that. Um, also, okay, DCOM Universe, we got Thunder Jam. He was in that horse race, probably. I don't know where they weren't ready to run, but he got shipped over to L.A., the animal abuse thing comes up later, so I won't say anything about that at the point. But when he said if he ever makes it out to the ranch, let's just say I'd like to return the favor. I was like, I'm excited to see this because <laughs> I know them plane tickets were too expensive for him to just sit in that house. So I don't know. And the fact that when Michael Talk said, oh, I'm just going to he gave the woman the wrong license plate info. I was like, he definitely did that on purpose. But he was going to take money out of his trust to buy a plane like I don't know. I have to write him at the will, honestly, <laughs> because I just see him mismanaging funds. But anyway, you know what? That's not my life. I don't know anything about that, but I don't know. I would have been looking sideways at Michael moving forward. So anything else about this opening section? The only other thing I'll add, the title card and the dang music. Every five, that do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like every... Every time they went out with the horses. And then the title Strong card, Hallmark movie vibes. Yes. Oh, gosh. And the, the little clip art horses, I, I did cackle. <laughs> oh, yeah. The graphics were kind of sad. Like, when the Tommy was playing with the soccer ball in front of the house, you could tell he was playing in front of, like, a backdrop, a picture of a house. He didn't even look like he was on the grass. <laughs> he was just kicking a soccer ball in the universe just somewhere, and they put this little... Um, Green screen behind him. Those green screens. They didn't even try to blend it. it uh, some perspective. I don't know. They they were just like, just go on. It's fine. Nobody's going to look at this. 
Uh, oh, girl, we didn't talk about our boo Val came back in the scene when they were watching TV and they turned oh, on Brink. Oh, yeah, Brink. I thought that was clever. It's like, yes, look at Val with his hair. Okay, we stand a, a evil villain. Um, and yes, it's probably redundant to say evil villain, but that's fine because he deserves two adjectives. <laughs> yeah, he's not uh, very real people. Because <laughs> I saw on IMDb, he had a credit <laughs> for archival footage. And I was like, okay, you better get that check. All right. So Michael lands in Montana to help at the ranch and Aunt Jules makes a stop at the bank where her meeting does not go well. And of course, Michael is oblivious. Michael meets Mule and Twister who help run the ranch. The next day, Tommy wakes Michael up at 4.30 a.m. to start the day and reminds him of the consequences of not doing everything asked of him. Instead of joining the team on the horses, Michael scoops up manure next to the bullpen and realizes afterwards that he could have used a tractor instead of a shovel. On the porch, Unjules talks to Tommy about their financial situation and the auction that will take place in four weeks. After Tommy goes to bed, she tells Michael about the treehouse that Tommy and his father worked on, but Michael falls asleep mid-conversation, of course. Michael tries out riding a horse and ends up in the bullpen with Goliath. We get a montage of everyone herding cattle and branding the calves, which I didn't particularly enjoy watching, and Michael goes first for Wolf Watch. But his cell phone causes a stampede that results in damaged fences. The next day, Michael is fed up after loading the fence poles onto the wrong truck. And he tells Tommy to leave him alone and that he only hung out with him at the family reunion because he had nothing better to do. Twister reprimands Michael for his laziness and self-centeredness and tells him that Aunt Jules is at risk of losing the ranch. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Michael's approach to his stint in Montana and the way that he interacts with everyone on the ranch? And the conversations between Michael and Tommy and Michael and Twister. Okay, so Tommy said, read my flapping lips. There is nothing about you that I like or respect. And I had to say, I agree 100%. (laughs) Nothing about this character. No redeeming qualities whatsoever. Even though I know he's going to turn it around at the end. It's not enough for me. It's not enough for me. How dare you tell Tommy you hung out with him because you had nothing better to do? Mm -hmm. And then we have another, you know, another dead parent storyline. And it's just like, this kid has been through enough. And now you have the nerve to say all this to him. Man. Yeah, I do not like Michael. And also, it's your fault. Like, you could have asked for help, but you decided to do... I mean, what did you expect, right? Like, you neglected this kid for a week. What did you think would happen when you came to stay now at his home? You thought the 11-year-old would just let you off easy? I'm sure that is what he thought. And, you know, he deserved everything he got. I did not like the branding part, though. I did not need to see that. I felt really bad for that. The okay. cattle. It was like, they just flipped them over and, and, and sear them. It was like, ugh. Yeah, that's real. And it kind of irritated me because we started off the movie with, you go to the racetrack, they they hurt the horses. And I'm like, well, you're branding cattle. I'm sure they don't like that. <laughs> that's, that's a weird double standard that I think is a different conversation for another time. But I, I don't ha- I have complicated feelings about animal stuff. 4.30 a.m. is too early, by the way. I don't, I was with Michael on this. This, this is where me and Michael agreed. That was too early to do anything but sleep, so... This is this is the part where at the, when he lands, this is where we see the middle Lawrence, right? What's the middle Lawrence's mm-hmm. name? Matthew. That was my favorite Lawrence. I I didn't I was never crazy about these two, but the other one I liked. 
Well, what he was in, I think he was in the second one too, which I, which, uh, Jumping Ship, which came out years and years later from Horse Sense. And I'm not even sure why they did the second one, to he be was honest. In, uh, Miss Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. That's, that, in yeah, Boy Meets World. Yeah. Yeah. His character on Boy Meets World was really weird. <laughs> it was named Jack. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, in 1999, there would not have been cell phone service in those mountains in Montana. Right. There's barely cell phone service now in 2021. So that was it. That wasn't real. But right. And he out here like, look at I just saw a shooting star. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, you make a wish and then Tommy makes a wish and y'all can switch bodies and then <laughs> have a redemption arc. <laughs> it might as well at this point. <laughs> oh, Audrey, I sorry, I thought you were gonna get Okay. So I think this is also the part where um, Gina says, oh, I can't imagine Europe without you. And they say, y'all, it's been two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I love you. And I'm like, you barely know each other. First People of all. be like that, though. That's real. People are like that. So especially at that age. Yeah, well, Gina was worse <laughs> than Michael. And I'm just like, relax, you're going to be fine. She the was more time... self-centered than Michael was. Yes. And, and again, like... I understand she was there, you know, to juxtapose his, you know, uh, to make his transition uh, or redemption more apparent, I guess mm-hmm. you want to call it that. But I just could not imagine going through life being so vapid and um, self-centered. Like, she asked this, the dumbest questions. <laughs> Every time she'd be like, well, why can't you want to go to Kevin Costner's house? I'm in Montana. <laughs> Well, do you want to come over to the racetrack? I'm taking my uh, cousin to Disneyland. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Then she was always going out with Rachel and getting mad about. It was just foolishness. And I was just like, we really don't need you in this movie. Um, one self-absorbed person is uh, insufferable enough. Um, the part with Matt. First of all, I didn't realize that was Matthew Lawrence at first. I was like what is this exchange right here? Like, it's getting a little spicy. I'm excited. Like, okay, Michael, he stepped off the plane in his Gucci boots. I said, okay. Um, what happens in Montana stays in Montana. So, you know, do what you do. But then I was like, oh, it's his brother. Okay. Um, so I don't know what that was about. The fact that Michael, when Michael rode up to the ranch and asked Mule, uh, did somebody give you that name? I was like, okay. So we're just going to start cleaning off with the microaggression. Yeah, I was like, that's, <laughs> that's so racist. That definitely was... <laughs> It I felt, felt that way. That was, was not okay. Mule was just like, okay, all right. Like, so, is this like that movie Buffalo Dreams? Is that where we're going with this? Oh, yeah, I'm glad we didn't do that. We decided not to. Yeah, <laughs> that's the list. I could not take a whole 90 minutes of that. People being an honorary tribe member, but that's not even <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> I did like Joey's. Uh, Joey Michael's all black outfit. I will say I did enjoy the outfits in this movie. Um, the breakfast looked good. Yeah, it did. I was like, and I was hungry dare. too when I was watching it. <laughs> and he talked about, I'm gonna just have some coffee. You know what? Oh, ungrateful. <laughs> First, I could not do it. He would be on my last nerve asking me about some turkey bacon after I slaved away over this hot right. stove at four right. in the morning. Are you mm-hmm. for real? Um, Twister, I enjoyed Twister telling him about himself. Um, 
I was like, is he going to be, I couldn't remember the movie. So I was like, is he going to be run over by the cows like Mufasa was? Like, what is going on here? But he hung on the tree, so that's okay. But then when Twister said, I bet you've never been challenged by anything in your whole life, have you? I have a four-year-old nephew that works harder than you do. I said, okay. Tell him. I mean, thank you, Brittany. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much it. The fact that he didn't realize or, like, this whole time, I think, I can't remember which one of you just brought up the dead parent, but the fact that he didn't even, and it seemed like it was recent, like fairly recent. So the fact that he didn't even ask him like, oh, how are you doing? Like, I'm sorry about your dad. Like he said that while he got to Montana, but even when he was there, like he didn't ask any him anything about his life. And clearly this kid is going through a lot. And the fact that he was oblivious to everything going on and her going to the bank and looking, you know, forlorn. <laughs> It was just like what it was solely sitting in the car. You asked it about a soda. I want to say something else, but I'm like, sir, do you (laughs) do you just I I don't know. There's no hope. There's really no hope for him. I mean, I know he he got sorted together, but no. If I was on Jules, I'd be like, go home. Just the the overly focused on himself and the privilege and it's just and his parents want to be like oh we didn't raise you like this and y'all are the same way I'm sure <laughs> maybe a sprinkle better but because you're not you know 20 but <laughs> <laughs> that means nothing that is it means nothing <laughs> but I I believe they would have treated Tommy a little better but still that's you wonder how he got there but they didn't treat Tommy a little better. They didn't. They literally didn't. They were never there. So. No, they were gone. But I think maybe if they were there. I hope. I hope. I just, I want to say they might have at least hung out with him one day out of the seven. When um, Tommy said, you're the one that goes to college, figure right. it out. It made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I had forgotten he was in college at that point. Tommy was <laughs> gracious, and I appreciated that. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy was great. Tommy was the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I thought even though Twister was, I guess, kind of like the mouthpiece for Montana, I thought he was aggressive <laughs> for no reason. I just, I didn't. <laughs> Jasmine, <laughs> and this is where we lost Jasmine. <laughs> I'm good right now. Go ahead. I just, I just thought he was, he just came out hot for no reason. Like, I get that Michael showing up in that outfit was a bit much, but you know where he's coming from. You know that he's not from here. And this attitude that everyone in the world um, must fit into this Montana ideal once you step into the, con- or not continent, the, the state, that, that was just, I thought Twister needed to calm down sometimes. Like, <laughs> he made some sense, but I was like, okay, sir, he's been here for two hours, you know, let's give, let's give him a minute, so... It was, and then didn't teach him how to make the fence. That irritated me too. Everything you need is in the truck. Can you show me? Can you put water in the ground so I can know how to do it? Like, I'm not going to figure this out on my own. So I was, Twister got my nerves a little bit. I, I didn't like him. We, we could just have the movie with Mule. We did not need Twister in this movie. Okay, now I'm going to call him the mouthpiece for Montana <laughs> the rest of the time. But um, just because the other stuff he said later on, I feel like every ranch movie has to have that like old hardened man working there his whole life and who's had a job since he was three years old and has a mustache, you know, to like be hard on persons. <laughs> like, okay, I see what's going on here. I think, and he said at first that, I, th- I mean, Tommy had told everybody essentially what Michael had done. So I think everybody was already irritated with him because, like, 
how dare you treat mm-hmm. this sweet child like this? But I think he said, Twister said at one point, like, you know, I didn't want to believe all the things he said about you, but he was pretty much correct. So to, to that to that point, Andrea, like, he didn't really give him the benefit of the doubt at first. So that's the, I think probably turkey bacon. That's true. <laughs> that was right. That's right. That was- Right. So so that is that is a question. Like, did he, you know, try? Not really. He just said, okay, yeah, I don't he, really care. Yeah, you're right. He probably didn't need to try, but I just thought he just came in too hot. It was mm-hmm. yeah. That's fair. I mean, I wonder if it would have been different. Cause I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know how to make I could guess and try to make offense, but then it's gonna fall apart. It's gonna fall right. apart. So I need some instruction as well. Right. <laughs> Ask me if you want to. <laughs> They would have been tired of me. They would have shipped me back to L.A. Um, but also, Andrea, to your point, this other thing I was thinking about watching this whole movie was this whole... I mean, it's not the first movie. It's a whole genre of movies, I feel like, where City Slicker comes to the country and becomes a better person. And so this whole binary between rural and metropolitan it's like just because you work on a ranch doesn't make you a better person but also just because you live in a city doesn't mean you're self-absorbed and lazy with no work ethic so so i understand what they were trying to do here but you know i don't want people to absorb those stereotypes like oh yeah you know and also everybody that lives in montana does not work on a ranch like I, I think, care. but there are like 20 people in Montana and at least 10 of them do work on a ranch, so. Not 20 people. Though someone, I did hear that there were more cows than people there. I don't know if that's still a thing, but that's true. I think it is. I I, I think Montana is really, really empty. I, mm. I, I think, I think there's like 500,000 people in the entire state. Oh. And 10% of that is in that city. Um, mm. What's the big city? Helena. Mm. Wow. Well, this gives a lot of context now. <laughs> Well, all the things were, you know, shut down. And then the way the town looked, I said, oof, yikes. Um, yeah, they had no <laughs> coffee shops. Even, I mean, I was like, no coffee shops. I mean, I guess it's the country country, but that one took me a sell. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bigger issues going on than the ranch. And no coffee. And that coffee is probably terrible. That. Mm-hmm. No offense, she looked, she looked like she made good food, but that coffee she made was probably awful. <laughs> also, okay, you know what? It's probably for after the podcast because I have questions about the bullpen. Because I'm like, what are the logistics of that? If it's trying to kill you every time you go near the pen, like how does that work? But you know what? That is a separate <laughs> discussion topic. <laughs> I just kept thinking like, how does, you know what? It's fine. That's why I'm not a farmer. All right. So anyway. <laughs> other questions thoughts comments about how raggedy michael is okay so mr hawthorne and the rest of the team from the bank come by the ranch to take inventory and set prices for the auction and aunt jules puts the antique armoire from her husband's family on the block which of course upsets tommy michael takes out black and black as a horse to get better acquainted and michael apologizes for the cruel things he said to tommy hey i just got <laughs> I got to make sure the people know. They Wait, watch the- <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I forgot about how much I did not like the name of that horse. Yeah. <laughs> so you just reminded me. Why did they? And then he said, come on, Black, let's go. It yes. just, again, felt Girl. racist. I didn't appreciate it. That's why I ain't going to no ranch, okay? Uh, I said, it's a show on Netflix where they go to different Airbnbs. And I think they had a ranch in Montana. And I said, that's all right. I'm glad y'all had a good time. I would never be out there. 
uh, especially the information that Andrew just shared. Um, so Michael takes out Black to get better acquainted, and Michael apologizes for the cruel things he said to Tommy. They watch the horses together, and Tommy explains the family's financial challenges. Michael calls his dad, who says that they tried to help, but Aunt Jules was too proud to take the money. Michael can't understand why they wouldn't take the easy way out, but commits to finding a way to help save the ranch. He tells Twister an idea for a pyramid scheme, but Twister smartly declines and tries to get him to understand what's going on beyond just the ranch. While Jules and Tommy go to Uncle Hank's barbecue, Michael works on the treehouse that Tommy and his dad started before he got sick. After seeing the finished treehouse, Tommy gets upset and pulls pieces of the house down, saying that it was for him and his father to work on. Michael tries to tell Gina about what's going on, but she only wants to talk about villas and restaurants. Tommy rides up to Michael, telling him Tommy Boy, again, another horse, is going to die, and they work to get him out of the muck. While Jules is driving Michael to the airport, Tommy rides up on a horse to give him the whistle he made for him earlier. Back in L.A., Michael realizes that he no longer enjoys his old lifestyle. He is especially displeased watching the horses at the racetrack, and he helps to calm one of the horses down after the race using the skills he learned on the ranch. He decides not to go to Europe with Gina, sells his car, and liquidates some of the assets in his trust fund. While Aunt Jules and Tommy are packing up the house, Michael shows up with money to invest in the ranch, but Aunt Jules turns down his offer. So how do you feel about Michael's uh, so-called redemption art? And is Leonardo DiCaprio so five minutes ago? Well, that was so funny to me. I was like, Leonardo DiCaprio is still a megastar to this day. So he was five <laughs> minutes ago in 1999. <laughs> Tina doesn't know what she's talking about. No, she is. Yikes. That's funny. I thought I thought Gina was probably a really accurate representation of a child, or not a child, but like a young adult in, in Beverly Hills. So I... I felt I felt like that was an honest character, even though I didn't like her. <laughs> all right. We got any listeners from Beverly Hills. Please weigh in because I don't know anybody from Beverly Hills. So all I got is this movie and Clueless. That's true. You're right. Oh, yeah. See, Clueless was very, she was very similar. She was very, very similar. Yeah. I thought, I thought Michael's, I mean, like we, you, you knew the redemption thing was going to happen. And he was going to go back and realize he loved the ranch and all that stuff. But I, it's like you already knew she wasn't taking money. What made your money different than like right. your dad's money? So that's the entitlement. That, that was kind of I didn't understand what where he was going with that. <laughs> Just like I was like, okay, Michael. I did feel bad for him when um Tommy uh tore down the I felt bad worse for Tommy, but I felt like Michael was trying in that moment and and it didn't work, but um, when the treehouse part, when he came home and he had built the treehouse, which by the way, I don't care. How, he's only been there for a month at that point. He wasn't, that wasn't happening. He wasn't building a whole treehouse. It's so difficult to do stuff like that. He was not doing that by himself in a matter of hours. That was, that was so unrealistic. Did you catch that the sun was the exact same when he started to when he finished? <laughs> As if like no time had passed. Like it, the sun didn't move. The sky didn't look any different. The, everything was still the same. When that car drove back from Uncle Hank's barbecue. And barbecues are like in the afternoon usually. So the it should have been dark by then. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know what was going on there. That was weird. Does it snow in Montana? They have it was summer though, because they said it, because he was on summer break for to go to Europe. Right, right, right. So it was summer. So the, the the sun, you could argue that the sun is in the sky a little bit longer, um, especially that far north, but I I don't know. It was 
that kind of irritated me too. He was all of a sudden this amazing ranch hand and he's been there for a month. Have, right. Having no previous experience with manual labor. No, was... He knew how to work a saw. I said, no, wait a minute. <laughs> what is going on? Exactly. I mean, I didn't mind watching him fix the fence. I will say that. But it was unreal. <laughs> it was unrealistic. It was unrealistic. It was unrealistic. You didn't mind watching him, like, watching him make the fence, Jasmine? <laughs> and that's I, when I said what I said. I did not. I did not mind. Now I was not. You know, woo, Joey Lawrence. I, I did not mind that they put the scene in there. Okay. I okay. I also felt that when he tamed the horse, that would calm the horse down. That also felt unrealistic. Because I'm like, you're acting yeah. like somebody who's lived with horses your whole life. You were just with them for a hot second. Hot second. And, yeah. and now you can run into a horse you never met in the middle of a racetrack and calm <laughs> it down. No. I feel like here he's still not redeemed for me. Mm. Oh, no. So this is not the redemption point. I think there's a better part in the next section, but he's st- I mean, he never gets there. Mm-hmm. When he was going to fix a house, I already said this is go one of two ways. And I bet it's going to go... <laughs> The way that he's not gonna, my uh, Tommy's not gonna be happy with it. I knew, and then he came back and he was so upset. I felt so bad for that kid. I just wanted to give him a hug. Mm-hmm. I, and then Michael's just staring. I'm just like, oh, I can't stand Michael. Tommy, I just wanted. Tommy, what was he supposed to do in that moment? Michael, his intentions were good there. That was the first time he did something with good intentions this entire movie. And I did feel, even though obviously the heartbreaker was Tommy in that moment, because this kid needs, nobody's talking to this kid apparently, because he is not, he has not gotten over or is not discussed his feelings with anybody. But I did feel bad for Michael. Like I, I, I'm glad that he didn't get upset though. I felt like Michael not getting upset was growth very the, in the little that he had. So like he didn't, he didn't selfishly say, well, I did all this work and he didn't do anything. Right, he, right. he didn't appreciate it. He just kind of walked away. Because what else are you supposed to do in that moment? There's, there's really nothing else you can do. Yes, walk away. That was what he should have done in the beginning before he <laughs> <laughs> touched the treehouse or maybe came on the farm. Also, the fact that he was making, trying to have a pyramid scheme. Girl. I <laughs> said, like on the office when Michael tries to, to say that like well, you just have you're at the top and then you go get two other people that's a pyramid okay <laughs> trying to start LuLaRoe okay it also got me when they were sitting at the spot that he would sit with his dad and I'm just like I just want to give this kid a hug just smother him in hugs the whole movie like this poor kid and when the horse was about to die I'm just thinking about Oh man, the horse was named by the dad, and the dad gave it the same name as Tommy. And I bet he's just thinking about his dad. And well, if this horse dies, it'll remind him of his dad dying, but then also symbolic of, I don't know, maybe his connection with his dad. See, I was just thinking about all this stuff wrapped up in this one horse. And I was like, this horse has to make it out this mud, or else I got to turn the movie off. Yeah, that was that was an intense scene. I did have a tear fall there, so. Oh, I, I, that's deep, Brittany, and I appreciate your read of that scene. I was more so distracted by the weird, like, shots they were doing, and, like, slow-mo. I was just like, oh, Lord, okay, just get out the mud. And also, they probably would have died in real life, so that's not just like, okay, because that horse would have knocked the mess out of him, but I'm glad, you know, it went well. 
Um, but like you said, all the, I don't know. I felt bad for Michael with the treehouse thing, kind of like, but also I was like, you should have asked him first because you know how I would assume you would know, or even just think how much that might've meant to Tommy. And like, you know, that was a thing him and his dad did. So I understand he was trying to do a good deed, but I don't know that I would have touched it knowing the significance of the tree house no. without well, Michael's without dense though. He was yeah, a true character. He, he was not thinking he didn't think things through. He is. <laughs> he didn't but think then, considering he else's feelings. I can make so this then, better. Right. And I feel like you know he did the same thing with the money as you were saying earlier. So and and also then it makes you think he knew that the boy's father had died. Obviously he didn't know about the ranch stuff, but now at this point it's like okay clearly the mom sent him off because she knew what was gonna happen. Uh, at some point that they were going to lose the ranch and all that. And he, she wanted her son to have a nice week or so or a few days and go to Disneyland and at least have some source of joy because Aww. he had been through a lot. And it's like Michael, the fact that Michael did not put any of this together, like it just frustrated me to no end. And so I, I understand he had good intentions, but also we know where those go to and so where the road leads. And so like, I just, I, I don't know. I, I And also I thought that Michael was going to, and I guess he had to go back to LA so he could do all the stuff, but I thought that he was going to change his mind and not go back home in the Me first too. place. Me too. And then when he left, I said, really? Yeah, all this? Okay. And you're just gone? <laughs> I know. That was no, no, no. that was a weird choice. So for me, I was like, okay, so he still he cares, but not not enough. He's just like, right. oh, whatever. So because I'm like, if you really want to liquidate assets, you could do it over the phone. But again, I don't have a trust fund. I don't know what that life is like. So I don't know. But uh, I appreciate him. I guess in my mind, he could have gone home with like a purpose versus like, okay, I'm gonna go home and go to Europe. Yeah. If he said, I'm going home because I'm going to talk to the bank. I'm going to sell my car. I'm going to do all this stuff. That was like an afterthought. So right. it was. <laughs> That's why I'm like, he's still, I still can't stand him because he, then he learns all this and then he just goes home. La-di-da, I'm going to go traipse in Europe in the villas with Gina. Meanwhile, your cousin's about to live in a trailer. Okay. Like, Good luck. <sighs> also, let me just ask y'all this. Um, if you were on Jules, would you take the money or would you go live in the trailer park with Uncle Hank? So, oh, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, Andre, you go first. Oh, I think I would have. So when I was younger, because I remember this movie pretty well because I liked it. And when I was younger, I was like, why didn't she just take the money? I don't understand why she just take the money and save the ranch. And now that I'm older and I understand grief a little bit better and I understand money a little bit better, I think that I might have not taken the money either and just let the ranch go because she said it. There's like the the we owe this much money and the ranch is never gonna make this much money, even in a year. So and I've tried everything I could to make it work, but it's not working. So it's just time to let it go. So I don't think I would have taken the money either. I I, I think that I would have ended it as well i think the whole thing was starting to become a lot for her and um she needed to step away and i think i would have done the same thing i agree with you andrea i i was thinking that the mom sort of gave up because managing the farm was something they did together her and her husband and now that he's gone there i'm wondering if there was just like no more joy or excitement left in there and it was just too painful to have all those reminders of all this you know, all the work that went into it, all the stuff around the house. Um, 
even when she was getting rid of the uh, chest, it was just like, she was just like resigned to it. Like, it's fine. And it just felt very sad to me. Um, so I don't know. I guess if I was in her position, I'm not sure. I, I guess I too would wonder how, what her relationship is like with her sister and the dad. Because if this, this behavior is what we've seen of the kid, I, I mean, I don't know what it would have felt like to take money from the parents. And would that have turned into something? Uh, or would that have been a, I don't know, some kind of burden or guilt later down the road or how they would have treated her? I don't know how that would have gone. But um, I felt like it was just too heavy for her. So she was like, it's goodbye to to the farm. I, I don't know. I kept going back and forth because part of me was like, I understood where she was coming from. And I think you both made great points. I think what maybe lean toward the side of take the money is because she had a child involved. Like if it was just me and the ranch is going down, I'd be like, well, I'll figure it out. But I, I don't know. Maybe this is just my uh, perception of trailer parks and trailer homes. Obviously there's a whole tiny home movement because we never, I mean, we only see, we only hear them reference uncle Hank and the trailer park and all that. But I don't know. I would just feel I'd feel like I'd rather take the money than let my child like have to change his life for that. And it's like, yeah, you can get yourself out of it, but like, can they in that little town in Montana? I don't know. So part of me just wanted her to take, because he was like, well, we could give you the money or we could just give it to you as a loan. But I also understand the fact that maybe she just wanted to let it go because it was too much. And the, the, as uh, the mouth, the Montana mouthpiece said, it was beyond just their ranch, like, you know, the whole farming, farmer debt crisis and falling cattle prices. And then they had all those medical bills from the father's terminal illness that they just kind of threw in there. Um, <laughs> just, just, I don't know. But I, I, I did at the point think that they should take the money. But again, I'm not, you know, that's not my lifestyle. And I'm sure it's more complicated than that. So either way. Um, but I appreciated the message about what's going on with farmers across the country. So thank you, Disney, for bringing that awareness to the youth, the youth that are watching this. I still don't appreciate them romanticizing ranch life like that. That's yeah. just, that's not. How many people died for this lifestyle you live is oh my, gosh. my question. So <laughs> that always makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, when they're talking about the armoire and they brought it on a cover wagon, I said, oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Westward yeah. expansion. Like, I thought about that, know? too. <laughs> and then I was like, Mule, where's your family at? Because that, then I went down a whole path. Like, I don't know how he came to work on that ranch, but I just, it didn't sit well with me. Uh, that whole I, I mean, I what? so I don't know what his background was, but he was the only one who had the name like nobody asked twister what where'd you get that name from Mm -hmm. and i don't know something about it it felt like that was his land i i think it is his land the land of his ancestors (laughs) for sure so i don't think it's abnormal for to find an indigenous person working on a ranch in montana i think that's probably pretty Mm -hmm. normal so oh i looked him up see Member of the Blackfeet yeah. tribe. Yeah, it was his land. It was definitely his land. Mm-hmm. His land mm. is your land. This land is my land. Girl, bye. <laughs> uh, he actually grew up in Montana. Mm-hmm. See? And the, and the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. See, that whole land didn't belong to none of them. None of them. 
What they should have done place. was given it all to Mule, and they should have gone in that trailer park. And yep. maybe yeah. Tommy could have stayed with Mule, you know. Mm-hmm. I do like Tommy. I wanted the best for Tommy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but everybody else needed to clear off, give Mule his land back. But that's the other reason why characters like Twister's character irritate me. It, it's just like this self-righteous mm-hmm. um, ideal, and it's it's and the whole history behind why you're even allowed to be here mm-hmm. is is trash. So, well, who knew all of this was in horse sense? Oh, um, so I keep thinking about that pyramid scheme proposal. Oh. That's so funny. But to be fair, a 20-year-old in business school would would try to pitch a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I take offense to that, but also he <laughs> no, nah, because many case studies that you have to do, he should have known better than that. And again, all well, that paper. I know. Which somehow, you know, we haven't gotten there, but like, <laughs> I just he I mean he clearly wasn't paying attention. I just don't I don't understand um, how he even passed anything, to be honest. Um, I'm glad, I guess, Tommy got him the whistle. I wouldn't have given him anything. So that was nice of him. That just shows how pure Tommy is because I would not have cared. Um, Let's see. The whole thing, I guess he broke up with Gina, I hope. Um, I wonder how much his car was worth. I was gonna look that up later on to see what he would have gotten for that. Really happy, so yeah. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) in one car, more than a lot of people have. Period. Um, I don't know. I think Michael deserved a a worse punishment, but you know, just for being who he is. But you know what? It's cool. Uh, But yeah, like you were saying, Andrea, I don't know why he thought that. I thought he was going to propose something else. Like, he said, I've been working, as he called his age, like, yeah, I've been working on a plan or, like, I'm going to figure this out. But I never saw him thinking. I never saw him writing any notes. Um, Not until the end. So I was like, I thought he was going to come to her because he said an investment. And I was like, okay, is he going to give a proposal? Does he have a PowerPoint? Like, what does he do? He was just like, nope, here's some money. Like, I don't that's what I, I that's exactly know. what I said. And like I him doing all this stuff, like the montage of him collecting the money, I thought was gonna lead to like some kind of proposal to to save the land. And all she all he did was hand over check. It's an investment. Why is your money different than your dad's money? Did you not just have this conversation? <laughs> and, and to Brittany's point, I'm surprised it wasn't the mom that he was having the conversation. Like that would have been more interesting to me, because that's her sister. So for, for Michael to call his mom and be like, what's going on? Yeah, the mom was super distant. I mean, I could tell, you know, they, they did look like they could be sisters. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. But the way they were acting was just real. It was weird, know. right? Especially yeah. after your sister's husband died. Mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't, and it doesn't even seem like you talked to, the way she just said in the beginning, oh, I miss her, made it seem like she hadn't talked to her in a long time. Like she drifted out to sea and never returned. <laughs> yeah. So I just didn't understand that. The whole I don't know. I had a thought, but it it went away. I'm sure it'll come back before we <laughs> before we wrap this up. Um oh I okay, so apparently white people do have family reunions, but I've never seen that occur. I don't know. Because they kept saying family reunion. And, you know, I only associate those with Black people. So I like, think they oh. have them in the South a lot. I think it's mm. normal in the South 
for okay. a white family to have a family reunion. Okay. Andre, you always got the, the sociological <laughs> context for us girls. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, we took a lot of road trips when I was younger. And what I used to do was look up the demographics of the towns we stopped in. So I knew how many black people there were. So I knew how safe we were going to be. And it just, that led to a rabbit hole, a lot of other things. So <laughs> I love it. And we did get a message about the medical industry, how high the expenses are for, for people who are just trying to get health care. Disney, a lot of messages here, folks. Okay, so now no we're... No resolutions. <laughs> messages, no resolutions. That's it. No. Just vibes. <laughs> Not, just... <laughs> Not just vibes. Okay, so here we are. The third act. So, well, we were in here already. The auction begins and the family is hauling all the, out, the items outside. Tommy shows Michael his trunk of old school stuff, which jogs Michael's memory of the class that he just took about real estate development, land trust, property deeds, and mergers. He has an epiphany, and with seven minutes and 15 seconds left, he figures out a way to save the ranch, even though he got a D on this last test. He rides Black the horse to the bank and talks to Mr. Hawthorne. The bank has apparently foreclosed on 18 ranch properties in the last three years, which are still for sale. So the bank's not making any money off of them. Michael says that Unjul's ranch meets the criteria for a land trust, which Mr. Hawthorne, who works at the bank, seems to have no knowledge of this concept. But he says he'll consider. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the auctioneer starts the bidding for the family heirloom and Michael interrupts, telling the crowd that the auction is now over. He shows them the 30-day extension from the bank and explains the land trust. The land supports a herd of wild horses, and the trust would ensure them a home forever and cover all the family's debt indefinitely. The family won't own the land anymore, which they never did, but the trust will pay them to stay on and manage it. Michael asks to stay longer to see things through because somehow now he's managing their finances. And he and Tommy work on the treehouse as we fade to black. The end. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the rest of the redemption arc, the resolution, and the ending to the movie? All right. I'm I'm feeling as dense as Michael because I had to rewind the scene like three times and I still don't understand what's happening with the land. I don't get what the bank is doing, where Aunt Jules comes in. So, the all they're doing is it's like... It's like, um, what's the thing where you make a site historic so you can't tear it down anymore? That's all they're doing. They're just designating this land um, uh, like a forest preserve, basically, so the horses can stay there. And then Jules can stay there and work the land because someone has to work the land. But nobody, the bank, nobody owns it. This, it's like giving it back to the state. Nobody can do anything to it. Um, and that way the bank doesn't have just land sitting there with nobody buying it. But they couldn't just give it back to uh, Mule and his family. No, no, absolutely not. No, there ain't nobody doing do that. <laughs> mm. You know, I still don't, they don't need this land. I guess we got a happy ending, but not for Mule. No, nah, I want justice for not Mule. Not for Mule, not at all. No, and this still it was, doesn't make It was happy-ish. <laughs> I didn't think it was that happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, how did he figure this stuff out when he wasn't even paying attention in class? Well, if oh boy, wish uh, Susie Q could figure out real estate development That's in five true. minutes. Like anything is possible for Michael. <laughs> he did, sixty years old, and figured out a whole real estate scheme. So that's true, You're right? I mean, he did use his skills, right? Because his 
because he loved to talk his way in and out of problems. Mm -hmm. So he went up there and he had like maybe 0.5 knowledge of what he was actually talking about. And he went and left to the man and he said, I'm from uh, Malibu or whatever he said, Beverly Hills. I don't know what he said to the guy, but it was enough to convince him at the bank. That also made me wonder, like, if he had gone, if he had known and gone with Aunt Jules at the beginning, because it made me wonder, like, how much of the issue, obviously the ranch was the issue, but the fact that Aunt Jules was the one going into the bank. I don't know. Mr. Hawthorne gave me that vibe. Like, oh, here's this young white man from from a metropolitan yeah, city. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about versus Aunt Jules. Because earlier he had, Damn. like, no compassion for what she was going through. He was just like, girl, get it together. Quit crying over this heirloom. Let's wrap it up. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I feel like if he had been more involved at the beginning, we could have eliminated, like, 70, 60 minutes of this movie. Um. I agree. I said the same thing because if if a black guy had ran, ran into a bank smelling like a horse, demanding right. to talk to the manager, he would have been arrested. So, <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's Michael, I guess, using his privilege, but he doesn't know he has it, so it doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count at all. I still can't stand this man. <laughs> the fact that he had his daddy go into his room and get the little crumple test. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you got a D, then how? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he read on there that had some sort of uh, legitimacy. I don't even know how that even he happened. He read the exact words land trust. That's it. That's all. He heard the <laughs> words and he said, that must mean something. I have a trust too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I thought he, I know he pulled the money from his trust, but I don't know. I thought he was going to come up with a plan that was more, more so involving his own personal trust. I don't know. But, and then I'm like, okay, if any class you need to pay attention to is like real estate and trust and property. Like, you're a rich person living in LA. Like, you, I'm surprised your dad hasn't involves you in other family transactions at this point they're, like, they're gonna write him off the wheel in a minute because he redeemed himself i guess in that regard because i'm like if there's anything you need to pay attention to it would be that and i wish we had a class about that in business school because i don't remember us ever talking about that we were talking about raggedy accounting but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't know anything about this hence why i was still lost in the sauce <laughs> But I'm like, if you could have done this for this land, now what you doing with all that other lands, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Hawthorne or whatever his name is? That's when is it there? Mm. When is it there? Mm. I don't think he was qualified to run that bank. He seemed too um, surprised or like taken aback. Like, oh, a land trust. Like, I feel like if you're in Montana or a rural area, you should be very familiar that. with that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess a small town, he could probably get away with anything. So I feel like that should be the sequel is the investigation into Mr. Hawthorne's bank and figure out what he's doing with these uh, 18 properties in three years. I feel like that, <laughs> that should come back up. He's probably in cahoots with um, the bank manager from Susie Q. They're probably in it together. That's the conglomerate. Yes, the con- not the conglomerate. <laughs> There was one scene, and I don't know if it's in this one or this, uh, the section you did before this, where the kid is trying to explain to Michael what's going on, why they're in 
having financial trouble and he's like just kept borrowing against the ranch and i'm like you sound like a 50 year old man describing this situation <laughs> that felt out of place but um you know a lot it was it was cute but he was like yeah they just kept borrowing against the ranch <laughs> i'm like he could have saved i don't know or they could have they could have worked together on a proposal like they really just pulled it out at the last minute it's like for what? Like I knew at the beginning, like the class was gonna come into play at some sort of in some sort of way, but I don't know. I would have liked to see them working together at least. Like him and Tommy are talking or again, writing down, Googling, going to the library. I don't know, something. But we just got it from a test. So okay. And then also it didn't go through either. Like all they had when you talk about a happy ending, all they had was a 30-day extension. They didn't say like, yes, this is going to happen. Oh or they could go live in L.A., to be honest, because it's not like they're not without family. So if they really wanted to, they could go to L.A. I mean, I'm sure the mom does not want to, but that's still an option instead of going to Uncle Hank's park. That, that would be the second place they go because the Uncle Hank's thing wasn't going to last long. Mm-hmm. So because I think Uncle Hank is probably the brother-in-law, like her husband's mm-hmm. brother. That wasn't going to okay. last long. Oh, yeah. They kept talking about Uncle Hank 50 times. We never saw that man. So I sure did. And I was like, I was also again still hungry when they were like barbecue. And I was like, man, I wish I had some barbecue. I bet that's going to be good. They came back in five minutes. It wasn't that good. (laughs) I don't know. It just makes me think of Chris Rock asking for one rib. Um, Yeah, this movie was, well, if we haven't even gotten there yet, the ending for me was. I mean, I'm glad it ended, but it just, it didn't give me, I don't know. I didn't really feel uh, that things had really come to a close. And so I couldn't, I mean, I'm glad they were working on the treehouse, but I feel like he let, they let him off the hook. I mean, yeah, I guess he did save the ranch and whatever, but he couldn't touch my treehouse still. He still had to prove himself. <laughs> Tommy so, is uh, a good kid though. Tommy's not is. like that. Tommy is. is the kid that would forgive. You know what would have made me feel better if we had the end showed him getting to Disneyland. Now that that was the ending I oh, wanted yeah. to see. Yeah, I would have liked that. Circle. I would have liked that been they took him to Disneyland. That would have made me feel better. Because he had been through it. He deserves Disneyland. Michael mm-hmm. better take him to Disney World. Mm-hmm. He better go to Paris, Disneyland. Like he better <laughs> go everywhere. <laughs> he was going right. to Europe anyway. He was going to right. Riviera. Just pop exactly. up to Disneyland. Okay. Girl, under his supervision, Tommy gonna end up in the Riviera girl. So I, I don't even I don't trust him with anybody's kids. See, this is why you can't let your kids go off with just people and go sleepovers and go do whatever, even with family, because you never know. They're raggedy. Um, oh, you know what made me laugh? There's one black lady. Did y'all see the one black lady in the crowd at the auction? Yeah, when I did. He was he was explaining the land trust. The lady was like what? I came here to buy stuff. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> that cracked me up. So we have two, <laughs> two strong leads in this movie. Well, black. I don't lead. like the pretending that there are black people in Montana like that. <laughs> Those are the only two black people in the entire state are at this auction. <laughs> Girl. See, that's like in college when they used to do them brochures. And they would snap pictures of the black people and then they put them on the diversity pamphlet. So they'd be like, hey, <laughs> we have blacks here as well. Like, it's just like, exactly. okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, black the horse. Um, 
I'm bothered. The horse's name is Lightning. They could have just kept it Lightning. They didn't have to say that. I I feel like, okay, if y'all were on the the farm and you were Michael doing these chores, like, would y'all have went around to the other side of the barn to look for stuff? No. The truck was there. I would have done that. I would have tried to move the truck closer, though. Definitely. And then upon doing that, I would have realized there's no keys in here. Probably would have gone to find the keys. But I wouldn't have thought there was another truck somewhere else. But I would have done the thing with the truck and loaded them onto the wrong truck. I would have totally done that. But the manure thing, I would have been procrastinating so hard. So I would have found the tractor because I was walking around anyway. Right. (laughs) And I'm next to the bullpen. (laughs) No, ma'am. I'll be going right back inside. Mm -hmm. I'm not Uh, cut out for that. I'm not cut out for that either. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. I used to think that I could be, I could be, I could live in the country. I like, I don't like people and I like being outside. Um, but no, no. <laughs> no I went camping. Oh. I told you that one time that was enough nature for me. The cricket in yeah. my tent, I was done. <laughs> I like done. to come home after the nature. Like I like mm-hmm. the nature during the day and I like yes. to come home and be out of the nature at night. Yeah. yeah you remember how, um, seven nature. <laughs> Remember how scared I was during that campfire? I kept thinking something was going to come out the trees, Andrea. It's so <laughs> dark. When we, when we went to Vermont and we did that campfire and it was just it outside. Was, it sounded like, it did sound like stuff was walking in the, oh, no. I think it was leaves falling, but it sounded like stuff was walking. It was, I mean, it was leaves. I'm sure it was just chipmunks. Like, I'm sure it was nothing, you know, it was all innocent. and and But it just felt like something at any moment is going to come out of this forest and devour me and i just it was too much and there were snakes and snakes do come out to get closer to fire to get warm that's a thing so i was concerned about that but i kept that to myself (laughs) oh well see i like snakes so that wouldn't have scared me as much i hate snakes (laughs) okay okay i'm glad i uh (laughs) i would have liked to see the stars though oh yeah that would have been nice not them stars they had in that green screen but Yeah, girl. If we, if y'all go again, I'll go glamping or whatever they call it with like outlets and whatnot. And you go out nature for like 30 minutes. Say <laughs> you saw it and come back. I do want to make a s'more though over an open fire. That That's pretty much it. But um, y'all had a real experience out there. So I was like. It was fun. I feel like we were, we were, we weren't camping. We were outside all day, but we weren't. Okay. Yeah. Mostly hiking, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. That's horse sense. Uh, cringeworthy moments. The mule thing, the did someone give you that name thing was mm-hmm. was rough. So the fact that they had a maid, the Asian maid, first off, with the mule, all the little sprinkles and microaggressions that they just slip in there. Mm-hmm. And then I think as well, the horse name. I didn't like that. Yeah, those are mine. Agreed. I had the same, the same ones. Feel good moments. I just like Tommy. Tommy was a feel good moment. Yeah, he was adorable. Yes, he was. I I thought I was going to like the horses more in this movie than I did, but I didn't really (laughs) care. They didn't really focus on them enough. (laughs) They were pretty running through the plane. Oh, is that from Daria? The pretty ponies running through the plane? Anyway, go ahead. Um, I was gonna say that I liked when he was sitting on the bench that he mm-hmm. was sitting with his dad and just looking out on the nature. 
That's yes. the one I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Wait, do y'all think that Michael truly gained horse sense? I think he thinks he did. And that's all that matters for uh, a white man with money. So, well, Andrea said it best. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's it. She said what she said. Okay. What are y'all's overall ratings and why? I'll go first because you guys are going to make me feel bad about my rating. So I, <laughs> I, said, I said four out of five just because I didn't, I liked Tommy and I liked the, I just liked it. I didn't have any bad feelings. I wasn't, it wasn't like watching it and I'm just like, is it over yet? I wasn't feeling like that. I feel like it was a complete storyline, even though I didn't like the ending. So, um, so don't like Michael, but it was okay. All right, so my rating is a three out of five, which might make no sense given some of the movies I rated a two and some of the movies I rated a five. But I liked Tommy. He was precious. So he's getting all the threes for me. I actually, like I said, 15 minutes in, I said, let me pause this. How much more do I have left? So the beginning was slow for me because I was just aggravated by um, not Marshall. What's his name? Michael. Michael. I was agitated by Michael, and I almost didn't want to finish the movie. It got better. But it got better when there was more Tommy and less Michael, for sure. And also, give back the lands. So they got some negative points for me. So that's my rating. Three out of five. So I am going to agree with Brittany and give it a three. And I'm, again, being generous because we're at the end of the 90s. So (laughs) it is what it is. But no, I I went back and forth between two and a half and three. And then I was like, you know, it wasn't a bad movie. It was pretty standard for these things. But you know what? It, for all its like microaggressions and foolery and very fast resolution, it was generally wholesome. It really, it had heart, you know, and there were, it wasn't super cringy. The messages most of them were solid, like about, you know, being selfless and hard work and discipline and everything. I did like the scenery that was not on the green screen. So, you know, it was a cute little movie. And like y'all said, Andrew Lawrence is adorbs. So that really helped uh, me get through this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a three. I didn't, it wasn't terrible, but I generally enjoy watching. So there's that. I don't know how that compares to my other ratings, but, you know, it is what it is. All right. So any other comments about horse sense? Do you feel like you gained horse sense? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to look up what that phrase meant. So I'm just going to say it over and over again. But uh, I don't what know. What does it mean? Like common, it's just common sense. Like if you have horse sense, you you make practical sound decisions. Oh, well that Malcolm definitely doesn't have that. Girl, who is Malcolm? <laughs> Malcolm. Oh, no. Marshall. Malcolm, Marshall. <laughs> Not Malcolm. <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> I got the right M letter together. You do have the right. That's all that matters. He doesn't deserve much more than that. No, not at all. Now, we'll see in the sequel if he got his act together. So, more to come, y'all. All right. Well, that wraps up this discussion of Horse Sense. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that podcasts are published. 
For more content, make sure to follow us on Instagram at n underscore hindsight underscore pod. And if you want us to dissect one of your favorite childhood movies, email us at nhindsightpod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.